official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Well, there are two kinds of people here this morning. Eskimos <laughs> and people who are desperate to hear from God. That's how I look at this as a pastor. Like when people go out and it's 15 below zero and they're dragging their kids and they're starting their cars and the battery is not cooperating and some people's garage doors aren't even opening because they're frozen. And one person, two people I know have walked here this morning. Man, you're either an Eskimo or you are desperate to hear from God. And one of the things I love about coming together on Sunday mornings for worship is that God is ready to meet with us, right? Do you believe that? Of course you do. You're here. There's not that many Eskimos. There's only a few of you who are Eskimos. The rest of you are, are desperate to hear from God. And today, we're starting a new series in the book of Acts. How many of you have ever read through the entire book of Acts before? Oh, quite a number of you. Good. Well, let me take a minute to share why we're going to take the next 20 weeks to walk through the book of Acts. Um, at the beginning of each calendar year, for the last four years, what we've done at Church at the Well is we've spent three to four months in one of the four Gospels. And so over the last four years, we've spent three to four months in Matthew. And then one year we did it in Mark. Another year we did it in Luke. And, and then we did it in John. And we actually took more time to go through John because we went through the whole entire book in its entirety verse by verse. And the reason that we did that is because our mission statement for our church is reintroducing Jesus. And we couldn't think of a possible better way to, to learn about Jesus and who he is by going to the Gospels and finding out what, it, what, what he did and what he said, who he said he was. And so this year, we decided to take a next step and so what we're going to do is we're going to go into the book of Acts, and we're going to uh, look at how the early church, the very first Christ followers, how they uh, were reintroduced to Jesus themselves, and also how they went about reintroducing Jesus to others. You see, much like us today, the early disciples had to frequently reintroduce Jesus to themselves. See, following Jesus required engagement and repeated engagement. They had to learn his ways, and so they followed him. And every day, he was teaching them of who he was, who the Father was. And so there was this ongoing discipleship. It was, it was a lot more than just a one-and-done interaction with Jesus. The disciples had to be reintroduced to Jesus again and again and again. And the same is true for us today as Christ followers, that we have to be reintroduced to Jesus continuously. And so it requires kind of frequent engagement. And also, much like today, there were plenty of people in Jesus' time who didn't quite understand who he was. Some, some folks thought that he was a prophet. Other, other folks thought that he was a good moral teacher. But they, a lot of folks didn't know that he was the Lamb of God. He was the Son of God. He was God in flesh. He was the Lord, the Messiah, the Savior. 
And so what happens is when Jesus ascends to heaven, he commissions his disciples to to reintroduce Jesus to others, right? And so the, the book of Acts is really the story of how they became his witnesses. Now, the word witnesses in the book of Acts appears 30 times. So it's a, it's a word that pops up throughout the book. Interestingly enough, the book of Acts covers 33 years of history. Covers 33 years, which is the same amount of time as, of history that the Gospels cover. If you remember reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it covers from Jesus' birth into his resurrection, which is about 33 years. And now we have the book of Acts, which covers 33 years after Jesus' ascension. And so you could say that the Gospels cover 33 years of Jesus' earthly ministry, and the book of Acts covers 33 years of Jesus' heavenly ministry. And the book of Acts is this. The book of Acts is a historical account of the continuing ministry of Jesus by the Holy Spirit through the church. Let me say that again. The book of Acts is an historical account of the continuing ministry of Jesus, the living Jesus, by the Holy Spirit through the church. Over the next 20 weeks, we're going to dig into that statement and read the book of Acts and kind of find out uh, what's there. Acts is a great resource to learn how to be his witnesses. It's a great resource for that. How many of you want to learn how to reintroduce Jesus to yourself again and again and again? Right? Of course you do. That's why you're here. You want to grow in your faith. You want to grow in your knowledge of God. Right? You want to, we want to get closer to Jesus. How many of you want to be able to reintroduce Jesus to your friends, your families, your coworkers, your classmates? Anybody here want to do that? Of course you do. You want to do that because you want them to know who Jesus is, that he's more than just a good moral teacher. He's more than just a prophet. He, he's God in flesh, right? And so what we're going to do and attempt to do over the next 20 weeks is jump into this book of Acts and see what we can learn. See what we can learn about how the Holy Spirit reintroduces Jesus to us fresh again and again and again. How he enables us and equips us to reintroduce Jesus to others. And so I'm pretty ready to jump into this book for the next 20 weeks. I hope you are. Rather than download in one week, all of the background information and historical information, I thought we would do it differently this series. We'd just kind of sprinkle it in as we go. Does that work for you guys? Good, because I didn't prepare any historical background information today. So why don't we go to Acts chapter 1, and we'll start reading in verse 1. Acts 1, 1. Here we go. You ready? 20 weeks. Here we go. You're like, oh man, this feels like school. <laughs> little homework and no tests. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Hmm. So let's go back to the first phrase here. In my former book, Theophilus, well, what former book is he talking about here? What, what, what could he be meaning? Well, the Gospel of Luke, if you remember, it starts out this way. 
I decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. That's how Luke starts his gospel. And so now the book of Acts starts with kind of another greeting to Theophilus. And so the vast majority of historians and scholars believe that Luke is the author of the book of Acts. And there's other, all kinds of other evidence that Luke is the author. For one, we know that Luke was Paul's personal physician. We know that Luke was a historian. And, so, and Paul is one of the central figures in this book. And so it makes sense on a bunch of different proofs that Luke is in fact the author. And so there's not a lot of disagreement about that. Although when you open your Bible, it doesn't tell you that Luke authored Acts. But there's plenty of hints there. Well, who, who is this guy Theophilus? I like that name. I wonder if they called him Theo for short. <laughs> or if they, they, it was kind of dignified. He, he, yeah, who knows if it was like a dignified version of Theo or if, it, if they had a nickname for him. But who, who, who do you think he was? Well, we're, we're really not sure. The name means dear to God. And so it might designate any reader who reads, but more likely it was a Roman dignitary who Luke was reintroducing Jesus to. And so he wrote his gospel to Theophilus, this Roman dignitary, and he's telling him the story of Jesus. And now it's the sequel, the book of Acts. And he's writing to Theophilus and said, hey, I told you everything about what Jesus did when he was here on earth, but now I'm going to finish the story, right? And so he starts by telling Theophilus, my last book was about Jesus' earthly ministry. Now I'm going to tell you what happened. The rest of the story. How many are old enough to, to remember Paul Harvey? Just about six of us. On the radio, Paul Harvey used to say, and that's the rest of the story, right? That's what Luke's doing here. And so the implication is this, that Luke's second volume, the book of Acts, is an account of what Jesus continued to do by his spirit through his followers. Now in verse 3, Luke gives Theophilus this kind of like movie trailer to his sequel. Have you guys ever seen a, 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 like a part one of a movie, and then you see the trailer to the next one, the sequel, and you're like, oh, we have got to see that, right? Because every movie now has sequels. Because the first one makes so much money, they have to make a second one, no matter how good it is. And if, if you see the first movie, and then you're in the theater, you're watching TV, or you're, you're online, and you see the sequel for the second movie, you're like, oh. That looks so good. And, and Luke does that here in the next three verses. It's kind, of like a, it's kind of like a movie trailer. You know the movie trailers where the music is really intense and you have the movie voice guy? Well, I actually went online and I downloaded a whole bunch of clips of movie voice guy. And I put together a whole bunch of those to kind of, if, if I was going to introduce the book of Acts... I just started putting about 120 clips of movie voice guy, and I started taking little, little pieces and stuff. And I made a movie trailer for the book of Acts. Because that's what Luke does in the next three verses. So I'm going to play it for you. Is that okay? Okay, can we, can we hear the movie trailer? There's only one hope to save the world good versus evil. When you thought you were alone. Even in the dark, there is still hope. To find the one who can save the human race. To save his people. To save the world. For good. Coming soon. 
I love that for good. <laughs> so all those are cliches, right? So I, I was kind of limited in what I could pick. But Luke's is better than, than mine. Let's read what he wrote for his trailer. He, and he's telling Theophilus, hey, the, the sequel that's coming, the book of Acts, oh, you're going to want to see this. And here's what he says in verse 3. After his... No, I won't do that. <laughs> I promise I won't read it that way. That will just be brutal. After his suffering, speaking of Jesus, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, end of trailer. <laughs> right? You see that, and like Theophilus is hooked, like, what? wait, what? Jesus is resurrected. He's talking to his disciples about the kingdom. He's just popping up. And, and, and then he tells them, in a few days, the Spirit of God's going to come. And it's going to immerse them and baptize them. See, just like John the Baptist immersed and baptized people in water, Jesus tells the disciples, in a few days, the Holy Spirit is going to come and baptize and immerse you. Now, understand this, that the Old Testament prophets spoke of a day when God's Spirit would be poured out to usher in a new age. And so Jesus was letting the disciples know here that everything that the Old Testament prophets said concerning the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is about to happen. It's going to happen in just a few days. He's coming. And, and this was big news. The disciples were hearing this thinking, man, we thought Jesus resurrecting from the dead and like showing up and talking to us was cool, but this is it. This is what the Old Testament prophets were talking about. Now we have Jesus, he's resurrected, and now we have the Spirit of God's going to be poured out in a few days. Everything's going to go great. Everything's going to be what we thought it was. And Jesus was really saying to his disciples, hey, if you're going to be my witnesses, you need to wait because you need the Holy Spirit. And if there's one thing that we learn from these opening verses, it's this, that we're not supposed to reintroduce Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, no, you've been following me for three years, listening to my teachings, watching me do my thing, and, and getting closer to God, but, but wait, don't, don't, don't do it yet, okay? <laughs> wait until the Holy Spirit comes. The gift that my Father promised. Then you're going to be my witnesses. So it's not something we're supposed to do on our own. The person and work of the Holy Spirit is what makes reintroducing Jesus possible because it's him doing the work through us, Right? Verse 6, then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? See, the disciples are still thinking after all this had transpired, you know, they've been following Jesus for three years, three and a half years, uh, watching his teachings and witnessing him conquering death and rising from the dead. And he's appearing to them for 40 days in resurrected form. But the disciples still thought that the kingdom that Jesus taught about and the kingdom that he was speaking about now in resurrected form was limited to Israel being freed from Roman oppression. And so when Jesus says, hey, wait a few days, the Spirit of God is going to be outpoured. It's going to come. The Holy Spirit. The disciples are thinking, wow, 
finally, the sign of the age. We got resurrected Jesus, we got the Spirit. Finally, Rome is going to be defeated and Israel be free. That's what they're thinking. See, they still aren't kind of aware of of what Jesus is talking about. And in verse 7, this is what Jesus says to them. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses. There's that word witnesses again. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is telling them, instead of political power, which has been your primary focus, your primary ambition, your primary aim, you're going to receive a power far greater. And the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he's going to continue my work through you. And it's not just for the benefit of Israel. It's going to expand across the globe to every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people. The Holy Spirit's going to move everywhere. The good news, the gospel of Christ is going to go viral. Right? That's what Jesus is saying. It's the Holy Spirit's going to come, and this thing's just going to, it's, it's going to be bigger than the internet. It's going to be bigger than your iPhone, bigger than iPhones, bigger than Bitcoin. It's just going to be huge. And so Jesus is telling them, no, it's not just about Israel being free from Rome. This is so much bigger what the Holy Spirit's going to do. It's going to continue my work through you, and it's going to spread. In fact, at verse 8, it talks about um, how it's going to happen. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. So the first seven chapters of Acts is the story about how they witnessed how they were his witnesses in Jerusalem. And then it says, you're going to be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria in chapters 8 through 11, tell that story. And then it says, you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth in chapter 12 through 28, tell that story. And so verse 8 is kind of like a table of contents. It tells you where the book's going. Verse 9, let's finish up here. We'll read these last three verses. Only doing 11 verses this morning. Verse 9, after he said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So this is a strange verse, right? This is how this book is starting out. And so we have two men dressed in white. Who are these guys? Who are these two men dressed in white? Well, some Bible scholars believe them to be angels, perhaps the same two angels who appear in Luke's gospel in chapter 24. Remember in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is risen from the dead, uh, but there are women who are going to the tomb to kind of uh, anoint his body. And two angels show up, and they, and they say to the women, why do you seek the living among the dead? And that was in Luke 24. So some, some scholars believe, though, these two men dressed in white, uh, they, maybe they were these two angels. Others believe that they were Moses and Elijah, who also, interestingly enough, appear in Luke's gospel. Did you know that? In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is going to the Mount of Transfiguration, and he invites Peter, James, and John, he says, come on up to this mountain and pray with me. And when they get up there, Luke tells us in the ninth chapter that Moses and Elijah appear, and they start talking to Jesus about his departing. 
And so some scholars believe, well, actually, these two guys dressed in white could be Moses and Elijah finishing this conversation that they had with Jesus. They're seeing him off. Others believe that the two witnesses, these two guys could be the two witnesses that we read about in the book of Revelation. Well, whoever they were, they contributed to the remarkable nature of Jesus' ascension. So I want you to picture this. You know, Jesus has risen from the dead. He's promised the Spirit's going to come. There's all this excitement and, and enthusiasm and, and wonder and majesty and awe. And all of a sudden, he ascends up into the clouds. Are you kidding me? And you're just standing there. Imagine you're standing there, and then these two guys in white suits, maybe? I don't know. I'm just imagining them in suits. <laughs> Tuxedos, maybe, all white. <laughs> I don't know. They show up, and, and, they, and, and they're talking to them. And that is just amazing. And then they say to the disciples, why are you looking up in the clouds? Well, did you not just see what happened? <laughs> like, what else are you supposed to do? Let's imagine you're there, and, and you see Jesus ascend, and you're like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, this is, anything we do at this point is anticlimactic. <laughs> like, he just promised the Spirit's coming, he's going up the clouds. Um, do we just go watch TV? Like, what, what are we supposed to do here? And the two men in white come and say, why are you looking at the clouds? He's going to return in the same manner in which he came. And so what we're going to do next week is look at what did they do after this? Kind of a, what would you do? Just go home and cook up some eggs? Like, what, what do you do after you see this? Well, we'll find out next week. We get to verse 12. But what I want to leave you with today is this. That for the disciples... Following Jesus post-ascension, after he ascended to heaven, was something completely new for them. They had just barely figured out how to follow Jesus when he was on earth, walking around. And now he's gone. He ascends to heaven. And now they've got to figure out, well, how, how do we do this now? How do we follow him? We just barely figured it out. It took us three and a half years, and, and we were wrong all the time. We're just barely figuring it out, and now he's gone. How are we going to do this on our own? Well, they don't have to, because Jesus told them the Holy Spirit is coming in just a few days. And the Holy Spirit is going to reintroduce Jesus to them over and over and over again. And he's going to use them to reintroduce Jesus to others. These were the early church fathers, man. They had a lot to do. But the Holy Spirit was going to come and reintroduce Jesus to them. And so you and I need to remember something as, as we read through this book, as, as we start this series, as we follow Jesus, that, that we're not supposed to follow Jesus on our own. The Holy Spirit is with us, right? And he's, to, he's pointing us to Jesus. He's reintroducing Jesus to us. He's leading us. He's teaching us. He empowers us. He equips us. He enables us to carry on Christ's work. And the challenge for all of us that I, I want to kind of lay out as we start this series and begin this sermon series is let's all commit to reading through the book of Acts together. It's a long book, but we can do it. Most of you have already done it. We'll do it again, round two. We'll read the book of Acts together, and we'll see what we can learn about the Holy Spirit. Who exactly is he? What did he come to do? How does he point us to Jesus? How does he reintroduce Jesus to us? How does he help us reintroduce Jesus to others? And then there's one more thing I want you to do as we read through the book, is, is ask yourself the question, 
is the Holy Spirit working in and through my life the same way I read about in Acts? Now, that question might cause you to kind of look up in the sky like the disciples and say, well, I don't know, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I don't know if two white suits will show up to you, but um, we'll figure that out if, if that happens. Are you guys committed to do that with me? Just kind of engage this book, and we'll walk through. I think we're going to learn a lot together over the next 20 weeks just by digging into this really kind of powerful book in, in the New Testament. So can I close this in prayer? And we can uh, worship together. Let's have the worship team come forward. Why don't we stand up and we'll pray together. God, we praise you this morning with song. We praise you just by getting into our cars and trying to start them this morning and suffering through the cold. God, that's, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. God, as we go through this book, we ask that you would transform us. We invite the Holy Spirit to point us to Jesus, to reintroduce Jesus to us in new and fresh ways. God, everyone is here this morning because they want that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even tried to get here this morning. And that's not to imply that people who didn't come don't want Jesus, but Lord, you know, you know, what, you know what I'm praying here. So God, would you honor our desire, feeble as it is, and would you do what you do best? Would you, would, you, would you meet with us and reveal who you are? And God, we'll turn that into praise and thanksgiving. And we commit ourselves to you. We commit this time to you, this, this winter project of going through the book of Acts. We commit it to you. We ask your Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us and, 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 and show us uh, what, what is on your heart to do in our lives. And we ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 